Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, welcome back to the Say It Out Loud podcast. Uh, You're here with me, Christine, your host, and I am joined by a really cool guest who I just met. Uh, Funny enough, you wouldn't believe it, I came to Prince Edward County with some friends to have a winer weekend with some of my lady friends, and we're staying at an Airbnb, and Lisa is our host. And we had a really quick conversation, and I quickly realized that she was another person who could help to share her story of more proof of someone who's doing something differently and who's taking life in a different direction than how she started. And well, we're just gonna learn a little about her and you and I are learning at the same time. So what I love about these conversations is that um, this is completely, there are no scripts here. Lisa, is there a script here? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) no scripts here. We are just talking uh, out of our hearts and we're going to share story and I hope you'll stick around for the conversation. So, Lisa, thank you so much for being here with me. Well, thank you for taking an interest in my story. Yes, absolutely. So, I would love for you to, seeing as also we just met, mm-hmm. if you could maybe give our listeners uh, a little idea, who is Lisa? And, um, you know, yeah, who is Lisa? <laughs> uh, Lisa is somebody that has um, done a lot of different things. Um more recently than not, <laughs> um, up until within the last 10 years, I would say that I led a very uh, typical, by-the-book uh, kind of lifestyle. And then I realized, or it just it wasn't for me. I knew it for a long time. It wasn't for me. I would rather live a more eclectic life than the one I was living in. And I had an opportunity to do that, so I took it. And I've uh, and I ran with it. Oh, good for you. So now when you talk about this life that you, was it, what was it about the life that you were living? Did you, were you, did you feel like you had to live it? Was the choice made for you? How did that come about? Um, I grew up in a very uh, Ward Cleaver, Warden June Cleaver type of house. <laughs> okay. And there was absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mom was a stay-at-home mom. There was four kids. I was the youngest of the four. I uh, grew up in a house where there wasn't a lot of rules, uh, but it w- the rules that did exist were things like, if you don't like what you're doing, stop doing it and do something else. Um, life is short. Make sure that you, you live it and you live it well. And the one rule that applied to me and didn't apply to my three brothers was never leave the house without lipstick. <laughs> And what was your choice of shade of lipstick? That is the question. Oh, I've always been kind of a neutral girl. That's awesome. So I am, you know, I remember one day having a conversation with my dad. I was maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. And he was a firefighter. Actually, he was the fire chief where I grew up. And the question was, you know, the, the question I said to him was, I was thinking about being a firefighter. What do you think? And I was always, uh, always of the belief that I could do anything I wanted. Uh, and be anything I wanted. 
and I'm, as you can see, the others can't, is that I'm a pretty small person. Right? <laughs> yes. So I remember having this conversation with my dad, and I was maybe 80 pounds soaking wet. Mm. And uh, we're in the living room, and I said, what do you think about me being a firefighter? And he looked at me, and he didn't say, are you kidding me? All he said was, well, if you think you could pick me up and put me over your shoulder and carry me down a ladder out a window, I think it'd be a great choice. <laughs> that was such a great way to approach that conversation yes to a 10 year old little girl who um adored her father um that that was the perfect answer so instead i looked at him and i said what do you think about hairdressing and, <laughs> and we both had a good laugh about that and that's going to come back that's interesting gonna, that's going to come full circle so then i um you know did did what everybody else did at the time finished off school was encouraged to go to college or university I thought that I'd like to be a hairdresser. My mom said, no, you're going to go get a university education, and if you still want to be a hairdresser, you can. And so I went off to university and got a degree, and one thing led to another. I met the man that I married, and I went off and had this life and forgot all about hairdressing. Interesting. Fell into advertising, not typically. It was in the middle of a recession. My first job out of university actually was a chauffeur. Really? Yep. I drove um, the vice president of a van line around to his meetings in Toronto, and I'd never driven around in Toronto. <laughs> and so it was interesting. But he had these uh, cassette tapes playing. That's how long ago it was. And it was Zig Ziglar in the Art of Marketing and Advertising. And I would listen to this while I was driving him around. And a job came up in advertising. And like I said, there weren't a lot of jobs at the time, so I grabbed it. Hmm. I took it. And I fell into advertising as a career, not necessarily because I thought that's where my interests lay, uh, but because I was good at it. Ask my brothers. I've always been bossy. I've <laughs> always been good at telling people what to do and how to do it. So I fell into the operations side of advertising and the management and became a director and project management and operations and stayed there for 25 years. Wow. Yep. And again, not because I necessarily that I loved it. It was just that I, I was good at it. And I'm not saying that egotistically. I'm saying it like just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. Interesting. I mean it, I mean it the exact opposite. Yeah. So like so like before we carry on, uh, first, I'm just going to ask you to come a little closer to the microphone as okay. you're speaking. OK, um, I'm curious about, uh, you know, when that job came about and you mentioned that it was a recession. Reflecting on that time now, would you say that it was sort of out of fear that you chose that job? It's like, I need to get work um, or this just sounds good for now or like what, you know, can you remember what was going through your mind at that time? Because there was a recession, I was focused on uh, a steady income. Mm. I was newly married um, uh, and jobs were few and far between. So it was out of necessity for finances that I took a job, and when I, when I found out that I was good at it and that I was um, being promoted, like over a period of very short period of time, I was promoted into management, I stayed because mm. the money kept rolling in. So I stayed, and I stayed a little longer. And then the money stopped rolling in, but I was adding to my portfolio. And then before I knew it, seven years had gone by. Seven years. And, and then I was a single mom at that point. Mm. And so I had to keep working in something that I necessarily wasn't, I knew really wasn't for me, but what else was I going to do? I yeah. wasn't trained in anything else. 
So you sort of would you do you think that maybe you just you stayed because you were looking for the security as a single mom, you wanted to have some sort of like guarantee coming in. I mean, that that's definitely something I can relate to because I, I come from a very similar beginning, which was as a single mom and just how do I do this? It's a lot of responsibility. And, um, you know, when you came home from work at the every, I mean, I remember how I felt coming home from work every day. I'm just curious, how did you feel? How much energy did you have for your child or children? And what did that look like for you? There wasn't um, a lot of great moments at work where I came home that I was proud of. Mm. I nor mostly I came home from work and I had lots to rant and rave about. <laughs> and um, it was indicative at that time that I should have always been my own boss. <laughs> but I was in a place again, again, like I said, where finances were imperative. I had this little person I was responsible for. So I then I just looked for my next job where it paid me more money doing the same thing and um and I found it hmm. right I just moved from one agency to the other and but it's funny as soon as my daughter was finishing college I um I was gone within two months wow I left my entire 25 year career behind packed it all up sold everything I owned and moved here to a house that was Archie Bunker's house. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm curious. So you say that when your daughter basically decided to go off to college, like pretty much in an instant, you packed your bags. So my question is, how long had you been dreaming about ending your career? And, and do you have any resentment about that time? It was when my daughter first started college. It was a two or three year program. And that's when I started dreaming about a different life. Hmm. I had um, come across a group called International Living, and I really s went to a few of their, con their conferences, and I really saw the possibility of living a different life while continuing to make an income in something that inspired you, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I went, like I said, went to a conference two, three, maybe four times, knew I was on the right track, loved Prince Edward County, decided to buy a house here while continuing to live and work in Toronto while my daughter was going to college. But as soon as she wrapped college up, I was done. I was just, I was just done. And funny enough, I actually got laid off. Really? I had been manifesting, hoping that I would get a package. And the advertising agency I was working for lost a big chunk of business down in the U.S., they let 22 people go, and I was one of them, <gasps> and I threw myself a party. I was... Oh, so my <laughs> God. <laughs> Lisa, do you know how... So, like, this is something that, you know, it's funny, uh, previous, in my in the last several years, I would say, I've been leaning more into, you know, spirituality, manifesting, and I always... I came from a, a very sort of, like, a strict and stringent... Um, Baptist evangelical sort of background mm -hmm. where, you know, that is witchcraft. So I really had a long time to try to wrap my head around. Well, that was maybe the problem. I was using my head and not my heart in that moment. But um, as I've been sort of reevaluating what that looked like, what that meant, um, the ideas and beliefs that I had at that time in my life versus now and through my experience, um, you know, really leaning into, I actually have more power than I thought I had. And I don't just have to wait for things to happen to me. 
I can make things happen for myself. And that that manifestation magic that you did, Mm -hmm. like, that's no joke. I mean, people might say, oh, that's coincidence or you got lucky. And maybe luck has part to do with it. But you had the ability or the foresight to dream and to put it out there that this is what you wanted to happen. And then it literally came to fruition. Visualizing your future to me has always been a big element in making it happen. Mm. So for a long time, I wasn't visualizing anything. I was just visualizing being a good mom and providing uh, a good financial, you know, stable home where we could do lots of great things, live in a nice house, do all those things that I grew up with because that's what I knew Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until I felt like okay now it's time she's older she's going to be on her way my responsibilities are wrapping up not ever wrapped up as a mom as you know Mm -hmm. but they're wrapping up so I am now going to go make something happen that I want what is it that I really want and I was having a conversation with my mom and it was actually my mom that said, just do it. Hmm. There's not a lot of layers there. It's just she has always been, both parents have always been our best coach. If you want something, make it happen. And it goes back to those three simple rules that I grew up with. Hmm. If you don't like what you're doing, just stop doing it. All within reason. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't. Don't go do something where you're going to financially destitute yourself, but think about something, be logical about it, you know, do some planning, do some thinking, do some digging and be, 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 make intelligent decisions about what you're doing, but don't be afraid to do it. Hmm. So when I moved here, of course, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I was <laughs> here and, oh my goodness, what am I going to do for, for a living? Yeah. I still had to work, even if it was part-time, full-time. I didn't know, but I really didn't know. I just knew that I was going to make it happen. Good for you. You know, I have to say, you know, I reflect on not everyone has a super supportive family, like what you experienced with your parents, which is so beautiful. Like, I wish that for every youngster and every kid and every family to grow up with supportive parents um, and that sort of like guide, right? Which has been probably very powerful in your life. It's just, even though maybe you felt like you had to do those right things at the time that you were a single mom, because what else do you do? Now you're the role of two parents and you have to make all the things come together. But that really, when it came down to it, there wasn't any question in your mind about, now that this part of my responsibility has come to a close, or <laughs> as you said, it's never really over, but you're less responsible for them as they age, right? They'll, she'll always come back to you. Mom, I <laughs> yep. how did you make that thing again? Or what do I do about this? Or how do I get this stain out of my clothes? But um, that, you're, that you're, their primary job of taking care of her is over and that you're able to guide away, which is so cool. And I just, I love that there wasn't any hesitation. Like you didn't second guess that. You just, you just did it. I would go back to my parents again and saying that my parents instilled nothing but confidence in me my whole life. So I knew that I had a solid skill set. No matter what I decided to do, Hmm. that skill set was something I knew that I could rely on whatever I did. I knew I was good with people. I knew I was good with sales. I knew I could have a conversation with just about anybody. I knew that I could be 
boastful. I knew that I could be quiet. I knew that I could be cocky. I knew that I could be confident. <laughs> I knew I was just very um, aware of where my strengths lay. And I knew that there was something here where I could put that to use. And or I could go out and reinvent myself all over again. I could, I could do that. That was my choice. If I choose, chose to do that, I could do that too. Hmm. And uh, even though that sounds like the scarier route, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I decided to do. Hmm. Now, do you think if you could go back in time to when you took the job and climbed the ladder and continued to work in that corporate lifestyle and live that life again, would you do it again? Or what would you change? Um, I think that I would shorten it. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't all bad. It, um, brought lots of accolades that of course are great for ego and confidence and knowing that you're appreciated and well liked and that you're good at something. Those are all, those are all positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have shortened it. I knew the last five to seven years of my career, I was just regurgitating everything I'd already done. So there wasn't a lot of, um, I wasn't growing, Mm. right? I was just regurgitating the same stuff over and over and over again. Hmm. You know, just telling people what to do with a smile on my face. (laughs) (laughs) So like almost like autopilot, right? So would you say, you know, since you've left, so now it's been how long since you left the corporate world? Uh, Eight years. Eight years. And um, how have you found your growth since the time that you left? So eight years, I know that's a, a good chunk of time, but what have you, what can you reflect on are the really major differences or who are you now as a person that you never really saw yourself to be as a result of the growth that you have experienced in the last little while? Um, I would, when you move to a smaller area from a big city, you should do research regarding uh, employment Mm. because once you get here even though you have all this skill set those jobs may not be readily available or any jobs at all at least not well-paying jobs Mm. you need to be comfortable with the fact that you may not make a whole load of a whole load of money or very little money at all um, until you come and move here Mm. so if I had to reflect on anything and maybe make it give advice to somebody it would be do your homework before you get there make sure that there is something that you know that you could take and run with it you could start your own business there's a little niche there that um, allows for that um and just and go and go from there just do do your homework have confidence in your skill set once that time kicks in Hmm. So now when we met, and very briefly before this conversation, because as I mentioned to the listeners already, we don't know each other. We literally just met a couple of days ago as like a, hello, thanks for staying at my place. (laughs) And I asked you a couple quick questions and I was like, ooh, we should talk. Um, So I'm curious about, um, you know, you mentioned to me that you had worked this corporate life and we've talked a little bit about when you were a kid, all you wanted to do was be a hairstylist. And well, first a fireman or firewoman, sorry. And then you wanted to be a hairstylist. Um, and now you, eight years ago, you left your corporate job, came here. Now, did you feel like you're, you hadn't done the research or you had done the research before you came here? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I hadn't done any research. I was just fully reliant on the fact that um, I was just going to reinvent myself. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I really didn't know what I was going to do. 
Um, so eventually I started, so I thought maybe, you know, let's do some things you hadn't done before that you really wanted to do. So I started bartending a little and I became a waitress. And um, for anybody who thinks that anybody can be a waitress, <laughs> you're very, very wrong. <laughs> it is a multitasking role. It oh, is. It is. Yes. It's physically taxing on your body. It's mental gymnastics. And if you're not a 20% tipper, you need to up your game. <laughs> because I'm telling you, that job is a very <laughs> difficult job. And those people are n- aren't even making minimum wage. Yes. So... I really loved that job. It was very social. Again, I was I was good at it. I wasn't the best. I couldn't, you know, do ten tables at once, but I could rock five or six. Mm. And um and I loved it. And I always had returning customers and people that would request me to be at their table. And more than often than not, we just got to know each other and we'd share stories and it was just it was a fun job. That's amazing. But it doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. So I needed to really think what I was gonna do and um, you know, supplementing an in my income, which was almost non-existent, and the, hence that's why I built the Airbnb on my property hmm. because I knew that that would always be a steady stream of income, even if it was small, and it's something that I could I could do and I could handle and I could manage all of that, and end up being my own boss after all. Yeah, that's amazing. So, like, I think it's kind of funny because you at some point in there you also. There was something about hairstyling that you came back to. So we were talking about how as a child that was, you know, outside of the firewoman, <laughs> you wanted to be a hairdresser. And then you ended up in advertising because that's what you fell into. And now you're out here. You've tried waitressing. You're developing this Airbnb. Where did the hairstyling come back in? Well, I was um, thinking that I'd still like to give that a go. <laughs> um, so I found that there's a, there's a program. It was a 10-month program. It was To me, it was such a low-hanging fruit still can't get talking business out of my vocabulary but <laughs> there was this low-hanging fruit and so I took it and I went and did this 10-month program and then did a one-year apprentice and now I I do I, I hairdress part-time and I and I love it and I'm still not finished growing there that's all that's an evolving that's an evolving um, career for sure and there's some other things that I'm currently going to be adding to that and maybe doing it from my home I've had but I also have an art studio, and I do leather work, and I create, I do belts, belts and belt buckles, and I sew leather bags, and I just feel like for a small investment in time and money, if you have confidence in your skill set and or have access to social media, you can start making money. Mm. You really can start making money. It, not hordes of money, but you can make money in order to keep your head above water, and one thing just leads to another. Mm. One thing really has just led to another naturally, organically. It has just evolved. Well, and see, that, that's what I want to talk about because to me, that's where the meat is. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're talking about things, you know, you were mentioning earlier that in your career, you know, you had all these accolades, you built confidence, you, all these external things of you that validated you, which I'm sure felt good in the time, but would you say that those things fulfilled you? Would you say that at the end of the day, you felt great joy and fulfillment as a result of those accolades or was there always just something in you that was like I really am meant for something different I've always felt like I was meant for something different I, I you know if I had you know spent a little more time in the choir I probably would have been a rock star <laughs> <laughs> But you never know, right? And actually, what's really funny is like, you know, I and I, I think that it's so easy for us, you know, earlier prior to us talking live here in this podcast, we were talking a little bit about how the world has sort of set us up 
right? Where we're sort of set on this line where, you know, you grow up and you go to school and you get a job and you, then you probably get married and maybe have a couple kids and the white picket fence and you have a house like this. It was all, and now that's starting to change, right? Mm -hmm. But that was sort of the path that was laid out. So doing something different than that is not common for most people to consider. It's like we go to our brain first and our brain goes, okay, what can I do? What skills do I have? What can I do to make money? Whereas um, I hear a lot of what you're saying, which is really, I, I think is really fascinating. I don't know if our listeners have picked up on it yet, but is that, you know, you talked about how uh, you really encourage someone to do the research before they go and move somewhere because you never know what the job is going to be. But as a result of not doing the research, you've actually developed more as a person probably than if you had planned everything out and wanted it to be a certain way, right? Because you were likely used to doing a lot of plan work because mm -hmm. in, in marketing and advertising, that's what you do. And that it led you to open your heart to different things and to trying things that maybe you would never have tried before. Would you say that that's a part of it for you? I would definitely say that's part of it. I've often given the advice to people that the best parties happen when, they're, aren't, when they aren't planned. Right. The best weekends are the ones you just wing. Yes. And um, I read an article several years ago, and it was about somebody who talked about having a career. And, that the, and it was about the having that linear career you mentioned. And, but what happens when you have more than one skill set? What do you do with that? Mm. And it was this article is about giving you permission to have an eclectic work life. It can be like the patchwork quilt. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the baker, the candlestick maker, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. You don't have to be just one of them. Thankfully, you can be all three. Mm. If you want to be all three, you can. There's nothing that dictates any longer. There's not a whole lot that dictates that you have to choose one over the other. And once I got that in my head, and I was still being this responsible mom who needed to do things I, to do things a certain way, I would reach out on my own time to fill that void. So I chartered a yacht with two other women and went sailing in the British Virgin Islands. I'd never been sailing before. Wow. I just thought, I'm going to go learn how to sail. Sailing has stuck with me. I'm going to go take a week of vacation from work, and I'm going to go do a leather workshop. And that leather workshop course has stuck with me, and I still do it today. Hmm. So that type of thinking and uh, that type of uh, searching out things, being more eclectic, certainly has given me more confidence once I've got here to do things that I wouldn't normally have, that either I didn't plan to do or they just happened. They evolved, or they you evolved. Have, they have absolutely evolved. Well, and, and so, like, I would almost put that into a different language. So, and you can tell me if I've perceived this incorrectly, but I look at that as, like, your heart led you to those things. Your heart or gut said, ooh, this looks like fun. I want to do this. This sounds interesting. I'd like to learn this. You were curious. So you leaned into whatever it was that came to you, that, that fell on your path. You were like, ooh, that looks good. I want to try that. So really, I believe that's, like, that's heart-led. That's, that's your heart saying, this is something that I'm really passionate about, or this is something that I just want to try. Hey, let's try it. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. And so it, that's, to me, that would be a heart-led decision, not a, you know, you didn't methodically think it through. It was just more like, hey, that looks good. I'm going to try that over there and see how it goes. That's absolutely true. There's two other courses that I'm going to be taking between now and the fall that because because I want to and I just I'm interested to see where both of those things take me. Yeah. I also have another idea in the back of my head that I know that I'm going that I'm going to do and it'll include a lot of members of the community and I'm really looking forward to make that happen. 
the other side of it is, is that you know you get to a certain point in your life and you realize that when it comes to an age thing, you, the scale starts tipping in the other direction, mm. right? So I often look at, I often think of life as a big trunk. And you can think of your trunk any way you want. Mine's probably an old steamer trunk. <laughs> yeah. And your job is to fill that trunk with as many cool things, great ideas, adventures, belongings, seashells you've picked up, you know, along the way, whatever it is. And at the and your last day, that trunk should be pretty full. You should be sitting on the lid to get that thing shut, right? With I love that. On yes, it. I love that. And when I look at life that way, I, that's why I collect things along the way that I find interesting, that I know that are going to add value to my life. And majority of the time, they are actually, you're absolutely correct, they are heart-led. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely heart-led. If I look back in the things I knew that I should be doing in order to take care of business, right, raising a kid, paying the bills, that's great, and I've done all that, that's in my trunk, awesome. But there's lots of things I've done along the way where I have just done because they felt great. I really liked them. Um, there was a little niggly in the back of my head that was, you, you should do that. You, you should just go and do that. I'm a very visual person. You know, close my eye, can see the Eiffel Tower, the Leaning Tower of Pisa instantly, you know, with or without my clo- eyes closed, actually. A lot of people can't do that. But so I do believe that visualizing, manifesting ideas, uh, cultivating them in your brain, turning them over like a ball, like a Rubik's Cube over and over and over again. I often described um, moving to Prince Edward County as a puzzle, and along the way I'm collecting a bunch of pieces to that puzzle. Yep. And um, there are a few things that are just been a natural fit, and be like, oh my goodness, I've been looking at that piece for a while. <laughs> you know, and then I'm, oh, that, I- that area of my life over there, I could use a few more pieces. Right, like I'm in my my vegetable garden. Okay, I'm gonna. I need. I, I need to start a vegetable garden. I've never done that before. I'm gonna take a few courses and I put the hey, or read some books or read the almanac, whatever it is. I'm yeah. gonna figure out how to have an awesome garden. That's amazing. You know? Well, and it's Thanks. like this this beautiful way of playing. And what I found really interesting is, I mean, I call myself all the time an adult child, because I fun for me is as a number. It's like my top three values. One of them is fun. And if I'm not having any fun, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, really quick hit things. It's like I, I'm a passion project kind of girl. So if something is not feeding that fun and passion for me, then it's no longer it's I've outgrown that thing. And now it's time to move on to the next thing. Um, would you say that have there been moments like when you packed up those bags in Toronto and you bought this place out here? Were there moments of fear for you that, I mean, I know I've felt like almost debilitating fear at times as I have done really scary things and jumped into doing things I, my head never thought were possible. But then when I face that fear and I move through it, I get to the other side and I go, oh my God, like that was way, not necessarily easier, but so m- much more worthwhile going through that fear than staying where I was. Have you had some moments like that during this time? Oh, absolutely. Um, the th- I feel it's like cutting the apron strings. Mm. So the thought of leaving Toronto and moving here was, uh, it was, that was pretty scary. You know, you're leaving behind friends. You're leaving behind all, all, sorts, all sorts of things. You know, the sound of the streetcar at nighttime is one of my favorite things, especially in the summer with the windows open, knowing that that's going to be 
as something from in your past now, not part of your life. Um, not having, you know, friends next door that you can just pick up and go visit. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not knowing, you know, financially what's, what's, what's going to happen. Actually, that's one of my least fears, to be quite honest. I guess, I guess in my brain, I thought, well, if things don't go well, I'll just sell this and move back to the city. Yeah. It'd be pretty easy, right? Easy. Well, and really, at the end of the day, so like I have this conversation with people all the time, and I'm like, so why aren't you going after what you want to do? And then they'll come up with all kinds of reasons why they can't do it or excuses or fear is usually at the helm of what that is. Mm. But it's like, what's the worst case scenario? Like if you go and step outside of your comfort zone, which I believe that's where growth happens. I don't think we can grow in the same soil for long. It's like, actually, I just recently learned from somebody, I don't know actually how, how 100% accurate this is, but that plants in a pot will use up all of the nutrients in that soil in about six months. And you have to replace the soil in that pot about every six or eight months to replenish the nutrients or make sure you're adding food, like giving plant food to the, to the plant so that it can continue to grow and, right, and to evolve. And I think that's so interesting when I consider that as a person, you know, if we stay in the same place where we are, we stay in that soil, we've used up all the nutrients, we can't grow in that space any longer, right? So it's like, pushing through or I wouldn't even know if I if pushing is the right word to use it's like following whatever this inner guide is because your inner guide knew oh yeah right oh, yeah. like mm -hmm. it was strong and I think you know like first I know a lot I, 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 I talked to a lot of people about this sort of thing and um, you know I know for me when I left my corporate job to start my small business my first small business that was like jumping off of a cliff but it was it was equally exciting and exhilarating as it was scary. And it's like everything in my brain was saying, don't do this, this is crazy. Like, how are you gonna make money? What if it doesn't work? What if, what if, what if? And then I just lean into my heart that said, we got you. And in a worst case scenario, you can always go back to what you were doing before. Exactly. Life is literally lived once by each of us. Absolutely. And I believe we really need to make the best of every moment. And sometimes we sacrifice ourselves for a period of time during that. And maybe sacrifice is maybe not the right word. But sometimes we do things that big picture we know aren't necessarily going to be what we want to do. But we're doing it right now because it just makes sense right now. Or I need this safety right now. But eventually we all have to plant ourselves in new soil. That's my perspective anyway. I love yeah. That's, that's very, very interesting because quite often I will, you know, uh, once a project manager, always a project manager. And I really feel that at least on my list of things to do every year, <laughs> um, and it's not on January 1st, it's usually July because July is much nicer time to make resolutions and plan new things. <laughs> um, I'm often thinking that what am I going to do different this year? Mm. What am I going to be that's new this year? What am I going to add to my life this year? And I often at least choose at least one or two, maybe more things that I that are planned or th that I'm thinking that I need to, you know, I would like to do, and so I make them happen. And then the other stuff just organically yeah. happens. But if you don't, if you don't think about change and planning and uh, change and making bringing new things into your life, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in the same boat you were in last year. And when I was working in the corporate world, I was working for this one uh, advertising agency, and I was having a conversation with 
somebody in the art department and we were talking about he was a musician part-time as a drummer in the evenings and I said oh yeah you know I really like to play learn how to play acoustic guitar I've given it a shot a few times but I really don't know what I'm doing and he said why don't you bring your guitar in and I'll, I'll show you a few chords on the back deck at lunch I said okay so I brought my guitar and he showed me a few chords and he said just practice 10 minutes a day that's all you have to do 10 minutes a day and see where it gets you and he goes, you have 10 minutes, right? And I said, yeah, I got 10 minutes, of course. Well, that 10 minutes turned always turned into more than an hour <laughs> every day. And when I came back the following week and told him what had happened, he said, that's right. He said, now imagine if it was only 10 minutes. 10 minutes times 365. How many more, how long that period of time is you've put into learning how to play guitar than if you just sat there and wished you'd been learning how to play guitar. Because mm. by the end of that 10 minutes times 365, that's a lot of minutes. You should know how to play guitar. Yep. And I did. In a very short period of time, I learned how to play guitar. But if I didn't think of it as just putting in that 10 minutes every day, hmm. I guarantee that we'd be sitting on that deck one year later, and I'd say to him, gee, I wish I knew how to play guitar. Yep. Yep. And I, I think, you know, it's so funny because, you know, you talk to people that are of the age where they're nearing maybe end of life. And often people have a list of regrets that they say, I wish I had just done this. I had this idea all along. I really wanted to play a guitar or I really wanted to be a nurse or I really wanted to whatever, fill in the blank, whatever that is. You know, is there anything now that you would say is on that list for you? Or do you feel like you know, if you hit that time in your life, because it can happen anytime. I mean, I'm not, I don't go into like a dark conversation here, but it's like that that's bound for all of us, right? It's inevitable for all of us. But do you feel pretty good about when you're on your deathbed at one point in time in your future? How, what will you think about where you've headed and what you've, what you've come from and where you are today? What? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say my trunk is going to be pretty full. Yeah. Um, cause I've made uh, an effort to make sure that my, my trunk is going to be full mm. and other things. And because I've made that effort, other things have just fallen in my lap along the way. Like I've met you and I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> if you had told me four days ago that I'd be on a podcast, <laughs> I'd say with who, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? <laughs> so this is the thing off my list. Yeah. I've done a podcast. Yeah. Are there other things? I, I'm going to sing in a band. That's going to happen. Not a girl. Yeah, I'm going to make that happen. I actually just ran into somebody the other night, and I know she plays guitar. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know what? She plays electric guitar. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to contact her and see if she wants to get together once a week and jam and see where that leads. That's maybe we'll amazing. Find some other women maybe, who knows? We're going to start playing in the pub next year. I don't know, but I hope that happens. But I love this because you're, you're you know, even you talk about your, like, you know, your July your, your July setting intentions like this is setting intentions yeah. you know and I think that sometimes that planner like the planner is a very that's a very corporate thing or a very a type personality thing is to plan right I have a lot of a type personality people in my life I am not one <laughs> but planning I'm like nah let's right bypass the planning let's go right to the fun let's go I, this is what I want to do and I'm going to go right to that thing over there um but but like you know um I actually forget the train of thought I was going on. Maybe you can help me. Where, where was I going we're with that? We're talking about planning and manifesting. And about right, and setting those intentions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you're, you're setting those. It's almost like planting little seeds for yourself. And I think, you know, s oftentimes when I have this conversation with people, people are like, well, I want to do this thing, but I don't know how. Or I don't, want the th I don't know what the steps are. Once I plan the steps, 
then I'm going to go and do that thing. And then my response is often, but what if you're just supposed to learn along the way? As much as we plan, right, as much as we plan what we want to do, I mean, how many times in your life can you say that everything went exactly to plan? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Almost never. Never. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it's like, it's so funny how, I mean, guidelines. I don't think it's a terrible thing to have some guidelines and be like, okay, these are the intentions I'm setting for my year or my day or my week. These are the things I'd like to accomplish. But for the most part, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to lean in to whatever that brings me to and look at the world that is opening up for you in a place where you're so open to change and you're so open to this new life that you're living in basically small town living in rural Ontario, Mm -hmm. really. Very much so. Right? I mean, it's a very growing wine region, and for anybody who's listening to this, you need to come and check out Prince Edward County because it is amazing. Oh, and by the way, Lisa has an amazing Airbnb that you can stay in while you're here, (laughs) but it is a beautiful area, but it's been such, like, you're, like, literally, I'm imagining all of the feelings you might have been having from the time that you left Toronto and packed your bags and moved to the country, you know, I have some feeling of that myself. I moved from the Waterloo region to just outside in a little town called Wellesley, which isn't as far away. (laughs) as you have gone, but it is a similar kind of feel. It's a completely different way of living. Uh, well, <coughs> Shenton's sort of new to me. As a family growing up, we would come and um, uh, we, would, we would camp hmm. for a month at a time at Fairbanks Provincial High School. So Prince Edward County wasn't new to me. It was like, and then I, it was always in my mind, like it was always a topic of conversation around the dinner table. Um, I rediscovered the county as an adult with some friends. So <coughs> it wasn't it wasn't completely new brand new idea for me, but mm. it, it's like it was always in my brain. And and I, I'm not sure if it was because I had set that intention or not. I when I moved here I was just excited that I could swim in Lake Ontario <laughs> for, you know, for five months out of the year. Yeah. That I could go down and swim in the woods anytime I wanted to sit on my e-bike and head down and because of that you know like I, I it's my most precious time is spent with my birds walking around and um, in between or on the rocks or whatever it is it just uh, was something that I knew that I was missing from my life mm. that familiarity mm. and this checked off all those boxes so fabulous the rural living being able to swim in the woods freshwater lake mm-hmm. like there's, there's nothing like it nope really supposed to be there you know you should walk in very softly you should back out very softly take all your garbage with you and take very good care of your bird too yeah um because she is a very very special bird and if you're not there to take care of her she's doomed yeah so it 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 certainly has played a big um role in my heart my entire life and so it it wasn't um just by accident that I end up living here and then finding out later that actually my relatives from generations ago were United Empire Royalists and actually were lived in Bahamas for a long time. No way! Yeah, and there's, so there's lots of family heritage here, which I had no idea. 
Interesting. So it's almost like you were called back here. Absolutely. So like not necessarily on purpose, like not like this is the place I definitely want to go, but it was almost like all these little nudges along the way. All these little nudges. Well, that's really cool. I think the nudges in life are really neat. And I think that oftentimes we miss them or we ignore them, you know, and then later we go, why did I never do that thing? Like I always wanted to do that thing, those little nudges. So I'm really glad that you're leaning in to all these little nudges. So just in closing in our conversation, because I feel like we could probably chat all day, <laughs> um, but uh, just in closing, what what would be maybe a couple things that you would say to a younger version of yourself when maybe you were having a frustrating time as a single mom and you're working in this career? What, you know, because I'm sure you had lots of conversations with yourself at that time and many frustrations during that time. I know how hard that is. Um, you know, what would you go back to say to that version of yourself today? Um, that fear you felt about making any sort of significant change is BS. Mm. It just actually, it doesn't exist. If you're uncomfortable, that makes you feel uncomfortable, like your feet are dangling off the floor a little bit, it's okay. My dad had a saying and it was just face the music, mm. meaning just push through that fear. Don't worry about it. Just get on the other side. Follow your heart. If it's not right for you, stop doing it. Stop doing it. Start making a plan. Start thinking about something else and manifesting those ideas be smart about it but just do it stop wishing that was your life and make it your life it'll happen just you have to trust in yourself yes that is really beautiful um one last question and i will probably ask almost every guest of mine when you were a little girl and you were playing by yourself or with friends what is like your first memory? What's the first thing that pops up? How did you play? What were you doing when you were a little girl? I was uh, in my parents' Volkswagen van, um, the big red one with the peace sign on the front, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, um, I had hairpins on an elastic band, and I was putting them into the ignition, and my bestie was sitting beside me, my wing woman, and she was reading the map that was in the glove compartment, and we were planning a road trip. No way. That's amazing. And now I have one of those camper vans in my backyard. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I think I saw it snuck around the corner, yeah. didn't I? It was, all full. it was just all about adventure and road trips and planning where we're going, how we're getting there. Let's just do it. See what happens. I love this. Lisa, it has been so great to chat with you. And, you know, to summarize for our listeners, you know, I really heard you clearly say that your, the impression that was left on you from your parents and the life that you have been living, certainly more recently, if not all along, is if you don't enjoy what you're doing, just stop it. Lean in. Go after what you want and let fear take a back seat. Amazing. I love that message. So thank you again for speaking with me. Thank you. Uh, we will, of course, uh, give you a little update on Lisa, maybe in the future. Maybe we'll come back and have this conversation. We'll come back and stay at your Airbnb another time. Uh, and I, of course, will actually leave the details of your Airbnb in the show notes so that if people would like to find you, in fact, that's a great question place for us, to, for us to finish off, is if people wanted to find you, follow you, see what you're doing, is there any place that they can do that? Not right now. Okay. No, not okay. right now. So I will leave some notes in the show notes 
about the details about your Airbnb. I'll probably even include some pictures of my experience here. And uh, so people can come and stay with you and uh, check out this lovely area and have the opportunity to meet with you yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you. for Thank you. And thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the subscribe button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you like this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me, Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show or talk to me about speaking engagements, please visit It's Me, Christine D. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.